All righty, good morning and welcome once again. And um, you know that traditionally there's, you know, there's always talk, you know, through seminary and through different ways. You know, there's certain things we, we just don't do. We don't just talk about. We're supposed to leave certain situations out of out of God's word, out of the out of the church. We're not supposed to, to preach on these topics. And uh, I just don't agree with that. We have to talk about the world today, how we take God's word, and how we combat the world. Because it is the kingdom of heaven against the world, against Satan. And we have to be able to rise up, stand up, and be prepared for whatever the world throws at us. You know, Jesus, when he went around and he was preaching his ministry, he wasn't concerned about how people thought about him. He wasn't concerned about his public persona. He wasn't concerned about if feelings were hurt, if things were politically correct. He was concerned about one thing, and that was spreading God's word, God's truth. Letting everyone know who God is. Letting them know why he is there, why it's important. And see, times are going to be where if we are telling this truth, that it's going to cut down things of the world. If I was to stand up here each and every Sunday and I took in consideration about how people were going to take a message, if I was going to hurt feelings, if I was going to cause conviction, if I was going to cause condemnation, the messages would be so watered down and so vague and so useless, you might as well just stay home and watch it on TV because that's what you're going to get there. We can't satisfy the masses. And no matter what I do or say, if I'm speaking the true word of God, someone's going to get offended. But the key is to not take it as a personal attack. And remember that everything that we have done is in the past. Every decision we've made, everything we've done is in the past. And no matter what that is, there is nothing that God can't repair. He can't restore. He can't turn around. So if we ever get to the situation where you're feeling that conviction, that condemnation, you're feeling hurt or offended, we need to self-look and see why that is. And if we're regretting decisions... If we're regretting things we've done, we can always turn that around. We can seek God to turn situations around. We have to worry about what we're doing now and moving forward. See, it's so easy to go backwards and rely on the past because we can see that so clearly. We know every detail of the past because we have been all the way through it. But we're moving forward. We don't know what is to come. That's why it's so important to seek God. That's why it's so important to trust in him, to trust in his word. 
And that's why it's so important to rely on him to carry us through the future and the mistakes of the past. There's your prequel for today. Please bow with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for your love. We ask you now just to take myself out of the way, Father. Let your true message shine through and open our hearts and minds to receive it. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Now, it's been a, a very strange week. And it seems like every week we can say that because there's just more and more things happening in the world. And we see that the problem is the same this week as it was last week. It's a lack of God. We keep taking and driving God further and further out of everything that we do. And that's where we have to turn around and we have to come back. And that's where we have to filter everything. We talked about last week about seeing if it stands up to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about it? And then it makes our decision easy. If God agrees, then we agree. If God says no, then we say no. And we have to, to keep moving with that. And uh, I've seen that I have to go into more detail. I have to start laying it down with more and more detail and really build a strong foundation because there's there's so much room for doubt and uh especially with this this younger generation you know uh my daughter was talking to me and she was saying you know dad some of the stuff you say it just seems a little out there it seems like you're 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 going out into the the abyss a little bit there that you're you know, you, maybe you want to rein it back in. And it's just that you're not seeing all the details. Sometimes it can be very frustrating because you have all this information that God has provided you with. And sometimes it's hard to be able to regurgitate it and to put it out there in a way that people will understand. And... We see now that it's life and death more than ever because the end is closer now than it's ever been. And we can say that for many reasons. One, because so much time has went by. And another is we can see there is so much evil in the world today. We've seen it in in Sodom and Gomorrah. We've seen it in the time of Noah. And we're seeing it now. And God's only going to put up with so much. He's only going to let us push him back so far. It is his world. It is his creation. We are his creation. He has the final say and the final authority. And one day, he's going to exercise his authority. We are being so driven now by, by fear and by men and women 
that have placed themselves in an authority, that have put themselves above man, they have put themselves above God, and they believe they have all power. We have seen things that have been stated that we never should see, never should hear. Because that is not what the United States of America is built on. That is not what God has for us as a people. God has and always wanted us to be free. God is to be our only ruler. God is to be our only source. God is to be everything. He has told us in his word. He has told us through his people that when we put our trust in the leadership of kings, that no good comes of it. We are all in fear of this virus. Because why? It might kill us. Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Why is it now? Why is it this one thing that is so scary? Why are we so concerned right now for this moment? Because death has always been there. From the moment in the garden, when Adam and Eve first protected of the fruit, death became certainty. And there's so many things that can take us away. Cancer, AIDS, the flu, a common cold, an infection. How many healthy people have went out for a day at the beach and get a small cut and that become terminal? How many people get into their car to go to work or down to the store and never return because of an accident? How many people have just slipped and fell down the stairs never to, to get up again? How many chronic terminal diseases just pop up that we have no way of preventing? No way of knowing they're going to come and no way to treat. We have had these things that's plagued us for years and there's no cure. There's no vaccine. There's no pill we can take to ward off these things and yet we still live our lives. Death has always been there. It's it a certainty but we have recourse 
we have God. Jesus is our recourse. Eternal life. This world is temporary. This world is not meant to be easy. These bodies are not meant to last. They all give their troubles in some way or another. Romans 8, 36. As it is written, for sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in these things that we are more than conquerors through them that love us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things of present, nor things to come. Nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. We have nothing to fear. I've always wanted to see my life through. Hopefully be a positive representation for Christ. I want to do my best to raise my children, take care of my family, and to spread the word of God. But I know that when my purpose is fulfilled, there is something better. All through life, we're always working to the next level to get to that next step. And that is what this life is. We are not meant to be locked away, to be frightened, to be scared, to be threatened, to be bullied. I got some good news for you today. I've looked through all through the Word of God. You know what I can't find in there anywhere? Virus. Can't find it nowhere. Uh, I can't find anywhere where global warming is an issue. All of these things that man says, man says, man says are, are issues that's going to destroy us. They're not here. They're not here. Yes, there is an end and we can go to Revelations and we can talk all about that. But the things that we're worried about right now, the things that we're running around, we're so scared of that we're trying to fight off because this is a worldwide pandemic and we don't do something that's going to come. It's not here. So if God didn't tell us about it, God's not concerned about it, then why are we? It's not here. Nowhere does it say that we need to get prepared, that we need to, to shield ourselves from this. It's not here. 
But the problem is that we don't know. We don't know what this word says. We haven't taken the time to, to study it. And then there's not believers that's willing to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. This doesn't make any sense. I don't have nothing to fear because I have God. There's so many things that we're worried about. Political correctness. We're worried about gender equality. We're worried about all of these things of the world that make no sense. That's not going to matter because when we're done with this temporary place that we're in right now. We're worried about saving a planet that God's going to rebuild. It's like revamping, rejuvenating a home that's going to be demolished. God gave us all the resources that we need. He knows how long we're going to be here. He knows what all we need. He knows how many people's going to be here. What all we're going to need to get to that expected end. He knows when he's going to call his church home. He knows when this transformation is going to take place. We got people thinking that they're bigger than God. That they know better than him. They don't believe that he exists. Or probably more accurately is they don't believe that he's on the winning team. Because what we see today is a, a siding with the side of darkness with Satan. We have people that are so hungry for something, power, for money, for fame, whatever it is, that they're willing to either realistically or metaphorically sell their souls to get it. That life doesn't matter. Creation doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is filling that void. You know, I imagine that we all have a little void because we're that separation that we had from God due to sin. And what we have to do is we have to fill that in with, with Jesus. But I can imagine what it's like to have that, that little hole. You know, have you ever had a, a hole in your yard and as it rains, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. It washes out. The dirt washes out of it. You know, that's where we're at when we don't have Jesus to fill that hole. You know, if you have a hole, you fill it in with something. You put some, some rock in there. You fill it up full of dirt. You know, you fill it to keep it from washing away, to give it some stability, some foundation. But when we don't have that, what happens? Sin. That's that rain coming in, washing it away. The world, temptation, all these things just keep washing and washing and washing. And pretty soon, that hole becomes humongous. And pretty soon, it's like a, a sinkhole. It'll just open up and just swallow and consume everything around it. And that's what we're seeing now. We are seeing these people that are so 
consumed with sin. Their, their hole is just being filled in with sin and consuming. They're just reaching out now and it's just pulling in and sucking everything in around them. And everybody's going down. And I didn't think about this metaphor whenever I started with this metaphor, but if you think about it, where does a sinkhole go? It goes down. And where does metaphorically we wind up? Where is hell? It is down. We can deny whatever we like. We can say there's no hell. We can say there's no God. It doesn't change the facts. And do you know that no matter how much you accumulate here on earth, it doesn't matter in that next life. No matter how powerful you are here on earth, it doesn't matter in that next life. God's not concerned about what you accumulate. God's not concerned about how powerful you are. You know that when we're standing in line and judgment and God's dishing out judgment and Jesus is handing out rewards. Remember that little verse of coming with his rewards in his hands, you know. It's going to be, be mighty interesting because there's going to be people that's commanded hundreds and hundreds of thousands that's going to be given very little. But you know that there's going to be people that we've never heard of, we've never seen, that's never got any kind of recognition, that they are going to be showered with gifts because God sees everything. God knows the heart. God knows all those little details that only you and him know about. God knows when you were generous, when you were giving, when you helped, when no one else seen. When there was no credit to be given, no praise from man, God knows these things. And these are the things that he is concerned about. We live in a world of look at me, look at me, look what I can do, look what I have done, look what I'm going to do. My friends, that is all you're going to receive. That is your reward. If you are doing things for the praise of man to look big and great in the eyes of man, that is the only reward you're going to receive. Many of us have been stopped in traffic as a funeral procession goes by. And we see the hearse roll by and the, and the limousine with the family. And we see all the cars following as they go out to the gravesite. But you know what I've never seen? I've never seen a U-Haul trailer hooked to the back of one of them hearses. I've never seen a, a rider truck in the procession. Because these things of... The world does not come with us. And the certificates 
and the titles that we hold, our positions of power, when our time on earth expires, so do they. The only thing that we bring with us is the good or the bad that we do. These are the things that are going to be judged. These are the things that are going to be rewarded. The Word tells us that we can know a person, know their hearts by the fruits. And it don't look like they're going to be an overcrowding problem in heaven. Because the fruits of the world are not good. They're not good. There's some days that I feel ashamed of my fellow Christians. Because they are so bound up in fear. That each and every week we come to church. We talk about God. We talk about His greatness. We sing His praises. We pray to Him. But yet we have no faith. Because we are scared. And we listen to not the Word of God. We listen to the news. We listen to the government. We listen to man telling us what we need to do. Even the best of men get it wrong sometimes because we're all sinners. And it's really difficult to have trust in people that never repent. David has his fair share of of blunders. But he realized that. He repented. He seeked God's forgiveness. But we see people like King Saul that got ingrained with the power, the goods, everything he could get. And he stopped seeing that all these things was from God. David was a good leader because he followed God. In fact, you see any of the great battles, the great leaders, they had what? God on their side. It was God that parted the sea. It was God that took out the chariots. It was God that caused the wall to come crashing down. It was the power of God that stopped the sun. It was God in all these situations. And then whenever these these men, they stop relying on God and start relying on themselves and how great they are, that's when we see the fall. That's when we see him be removed from power. 
We are a, a vessel of God. And we need to realize that. I can only do what I can do because God allows me to. God gives me the ability. And each and every one of us can look in the mirror and say the exact same thing. Whatever your talent is, whatever your skill set is, it's not because you were lucky. It's because God gave you the ability. When you can say, well, I learned this myself. I did it. Did it. You did it with the help of God. He is there with you every step of the way. If it wasn't your purpose, if it wasn't your destiny, if you wasn't designed to be able to do these things, then it never would have happened. We just don't get lucky. We just don't fall in the right places. No, God opens up paths. He opens up doors. He directs us and guides us. The thing that don't happen is, is that we don't give him the credit. Even through our mistakes. God takes our mistakes and uses them to drive us to a different purpose. I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for mistakes in my life. But instead of being condemned for them, God used them. God directed me here. We all have a purpose. You know, we start out. Some of us start out in our religious times because, you know, we, we grow up in church and we, we start out that way. For others, we have a, a need, a hurt. We're looking for something. We're trying to fill that void. Well, you know, for all of us, there's that root that, you know, even in the very beginning, when our faith may not be very good at all, where there's, you know, if, maybe, uh, I'm not real sure, that you're, you're trying, we want to come to God. We want to, uh, you know, check it out because if this whole heaven and hell thing is real, you know, we don't want to be on the, the bottom side of that. You know, we, uh, we joke around in the Christian community. We call it fire insurance. We want to make sure we get that salvation for nothing more just for that just in case. You know, that we got our, our salvation so we can, we can just make it to heaven by, by the skin of our teeth. And hopefully for many of us, if we start out that way, that we'll, we'll stick to it. You know, God doesn't care how we get here. We just want us, him to, to get us where we need to go so we might start out that way and then you know you wind up coming to church a few times and you hear a few things and it sticks with you and then pretty soon that little little fire you got on the inside starts to burn a little bit and then next thing you know we're we're converted we're our faith is starting to grow you know and that's the idea all it takes is just a little bit of a, an ember and we, we worry so much, you know, when I get my life cleaned up, I'll, I'll come to church and, and uh, I don't have the right things to wear. And uh, 
you uh, you notice that I don't dress real fancy up here. And there's a reason for that. There's a very reason for that. Because um, I'm hoping one day that several people that I've talked to will come walking through the door. And I want them to see something when they walk through that door. There's, there's a purpose behind it. I try to have a lot of purpose where that way people don't think I'm crazy. If you have purpose, people don't always think you're crazy. So try to have purpose. But, you know, they say I, I just don't have the attire. and whatever. So I don't want that to be an excuse. I've found it many times that they find it very intimidating, you know, if you're up here dressed to the to the tills and and in the three piece and and all that kind of thing on there so we'll, let's take that excuse off the table we just gotta to get you here get the word in you know if you just make them first steps crack open the bible you ain't gotta start at the beginning you ain't gotta start start anywhere you like just Drop it on the floor wherever it opens up. Start reading. And just read. And some of it's not going to make any sense. And some of it's going to be hard to pronounce and hard to follow. And there's going to be many difficulties that will make you want to put it down and say forget it. But then there's going to be something that can come along. And those words are going to connect with that spirit on the inside. And then, whoo, you're going to be like, wow, that's neat. We look for the big things. We look for the miracles. You know where I find myself closest to God is in the little details. It's in the little details. You know, whenever... Things are, are getting really stressful. You know, it seems like we never can just deal with just one thing at a time. It's always one thing, then another, and another. They said, you know, bad things come in threes. I think for me, they come in fives or sixes, you know. There's, there's always something. You get one thing fixed and something else breaks. You know, you get one thing paid off and then there's something else you have to pay for. it. There's always something. You get one thing healed up and here comes another problem along. You get... One kid is straightened out, the other one's got a problem. I mean, there's always just, that's life. That's life, and we're, we're battling that. But then it's these times, though, when you think it's just everything's crushing down, God will give you just a little bit of love, just a little bit of hope, just a little bit of something that just touches you in a very special way. It's just a, just a little pat on the back, just a little squeeze around the shoulder, and it's just him saying, I'm here. I'm here. And it's these little moments that can rejuvenate you so much. And of course, yeah, we all like the, the big answered prayers. We like the things that we can, and can brag about and praise God for, but praise for these little things too. Do you ever just ask for just a little bit of peace? Just a, a little bit of a quiet. And do you, do you look for it? You know, just try that this week. Try to say, God, I'd just like a little bit of favor this week. And then see if you can see it. See, because we don't really look for it. 
me challenge you this week. Let's see how many times that we can, can see God in the little things. You know, the things that can be brushed off as coincidental, as luck, or whatever other thing that we can give an excuse for for it not to be God. Walk around. Tell yourself, I am favored. I am loved. I am a son or a daughter of the Most High God. He sent his son Jesus to die for me so that I can have eternal life. So I can have power. So I can access the kingdom of heaven. So I can be healed. So I can be prosperous. So I can have my needs met. so easy to get sucked into the negativity. It's so easy to, to get drugged down, to be depressed, to be in a bad mood. It's so easy to do that. That's our default state. Default negative. We can turn that around. We can be better. We see Paul locked away in a prison. We see Paul shipwrecked. And what does he do? Count it all joy. Peter's in prison, chained up, sleeping like a baby because God is on his side. But here we are, we're scared to death of something that we can't see. Something that we have to get tested for it, even though we have. And we're hanging on every word of people that do not have our best interest in heart. Is that an opinion? Absolutely not. Because if our best interest was at their hands, then God would be first and foremost. We would see evidence of God working through them, and that is not present. And if God is not in it, then I do not want to be in it. And neither should you. We have to filter everything we see, we do, that's presented to us through the Word of God. And it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to follow the lines of what is normal. It doesn't have to follow along the lines of what is scientific. It has to follow truth. And that truth is the word of God. If it's not there, then you better watch out. Apparently God wanted this message today because we didn't go nowhere near where I wanted to be. So we'll try that again next week. So just... Remember your homework. Look for God. If you don't see it, flee from it. If you do, cling to it.